Welcome to Fran Path Consulting Podcast. I'm Sam Schweitzer. And I'm Brittany Bodie. And together we are Fran Path Consulting. Good morning, Britt. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I feel like I've talked to you a lot already today for it only being our – really, it's 10 a.m. <laughs> so <laughs> we typically haven't talked six times prior to a podcast, but here we are. I know. Fridays are normally like paperwork days for me. You know, I'm running payroll. I'm running reports. We're having oh, yeah, meetings me with our team. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the paperwork. <laughs> all of it. That's constantly doing the paperwork for you. Listen, listen. Somebody said to me yesterday, your social media presence is great. And I said, I take no credit for it. It's all Sam and her team. So we each have our role. Um but normally I do a bunch of that, but today I've been like kind of moving things around and talking to clients as they're about to head to the final step in the process called discovery day, confirmation day, meet the team day, whatever, final step, the exciting part, or they just left and now they're home to debrief me on how it went. So it's been a fun and exciting morning today. I have experienced the exact same thing. We both had to cut into calls this morning already to prepare people to have the conversations post-discovery day, which is, you know, that's always interesting, right? People are really sure typically or they're really, you know, they're either a hard yes or a no after discovery day pretty quickly. And then I think as we prepare people to head into that, it seems like you're almost preparing them to go to battle in a way. Like here are all the boxes we have to have checked. Do you have your funding in order? We have to have that lined up. If you want to have an attorney review it, do you have the document reviewed? That needs to be done prior to going to discovery day. Only two drinks maximum. Please do not embarrass yourself. We know, you know, COVID kept you in the house for a long time, but we've had about a year out now. This is not acceptable. All of the things that you're like, anything can happen there. It's essentially a job interview on both parts. We just want you to come and bring the best you possible and then decide, most importantly, is this right for you? Is it a yes or a no? Does this brand really fit? the ethos that you have set and your goals, because we want our clients to be able to make the decision. Yes or no, I'm moving forward. That's the goal. We want the brand to approve them. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I was talking to clients that are heading to Discovery Day in, in about two weeks. And unfortunately, their market's a hot growing market, which is good. But also they have competition and they're going to Discovery Day with another group in the exact same market. And I was having that exact conversation of you got to put your best foot forward. And I was kind of telling him some of the stories of, you know, I had a lady who interrupted the COO in the middle of a presentation and asked her to go get her Diet Coke from the store. I had another guy <laughs> fall asleep. I had somebody else who made me stay at a restaurant with them for two hours while they polished off two bottles of wine. So all the things not to do, real life stories for our listeners, go and put your best foot forward. Don't be these people. So <laughs> having some of those calls, it's, you know, it's funny, but it's real life. And you want to make sure that you're you're not this example. My candidate said today, I said, it's two drink maximum. That's typically what I tell people. He said, Sam, I'm six foot five and I'm 250 pounds. I'm going to ask your permission right now to have three. <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. Okay. That we can do. That we can do. 
But we have, we're having these conversations more consistently now than I think we ever had, you know, our whole team is. And I, I think it's really indicative of people's mindsets coming into this year. And then that coupled with the economy and saying, you know, I'm going to take control of this or my job said I have to come back to the office three days a week and I see that commute as a loss of productivity. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to head in. I don't want to wait for my company to decide that my position is not necessary and then I have to go find something else. So I think there's a lot of new reasons that people are looking to step into business ownership and they're more passionate than they've ever been. I've never seen this level of interest in franchising. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. I mean, we go over with our teams, right? Part of any business is looking at numbers and spreadsheets and dashboards and all of that. And we're just looking at the volume of people that we have going to Discovery Day. Like you said, we have never in our history so far had this many people going inside of, of one month. And I think it's all of those reasons that you said. Something else I'm hearing, we talked on a previous podcast that I have a lot of of young people. I don't know why more than you, but I have a ton of millennials and I'm talking to millennials that have been with the same companies for what feels like eternity for them and they've hit their ceiling. They don't have yeah. anywhere else to grow in the company. There are people that have been in the next level of leadership forever and they're not looking to make any moves. So they know that they have potential to do something else and so they're hungry. They want that next level thing and they have flexibility to do it. It's why we've invested in ourselves because, you know, we are young. We have more flexibility. We have more time, more autonomy. So that's really exciting to me too, to see that younger buyer getting in now. Because what type of impact that can make now when you've got a 30-year runway to build businesses? I mean, that's the most exciting thing when you're looking at it is, and you said businesses, plural, we have people coming back for another drink at the well. We have people that are starting out. I mean, it is really exciting. And then there are those executives that said, I should have done this. I just talked to a guy yesterday. I've been meaning to do this since I was about 35. You're talking to a 58-year-old man right now, but nothing's going to stop me from being a business owner now. But I, I'll, the only thing he could say is, I, I really, over 20 years, have played with this idea back and forth. But now I'm ready to make it happen. So I think somebody that really understands the power of business ownership, the power of timing, the power of really doing things that move their career forward is our guest today who has been a longtime friend and colleague of mine. I am really excited to introduce Caleb Kenner. He is the VP of Consultant Relations with both Koala Insulation and Wallaby Windows. Thanks for joining us, Caleb. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me get on this podcast. I'm glad you guys could fit me in the schedule, even though I was moving some dates on you beforehand. But uh, no, we're good. I'm excited to, to be on this thing. We are very excited to have you with us today. I was on with a client this morning that got to meet you at your first confirmation day for Wallaby. They loved meeting you, and we're thrilled that even after a busy confirmation day, uh, a long flight home back to Nebraska, that you're with us today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and really the catalyst that moved you into the franchise world? Yeah. So my franchising journey was kind of, I came through it 
I guess the back door uh, is the best way to put it. I, uh, so when I got out of high school, uh, my, my dream was to play college basketball, which I did. Uh, I played college basketball for a couple of years and I was a walk-on. I wasn't like all that good, but I was good enough to like be on the team. So I, I did that, but you know, my second year, my sophomore year in college, I really, you know, and I come from banking, my, my family's owned a bank for 125 years. My dad has, you know, it's, it's actually Nebraska's um, oldest bank. Um, and so my dad runs it and he's always wanted me to come back. I'm like, no, banking's not for me. I'm, I'm social. I got to be out there. So after my second year, um, I started evaluating kind of my classes I was taking, right? Cause I'm paying for these things. Um, I wasn't super smart. I didn't have a ton of money, um, you know, from grants and scholarships. And I was taking some courses that, you know, quite frankly, I just didn't feel like I needed, right? Anthropology, astronomy. I loved them. They were unique. But I'm like, gosh, I'm paying four grand of credit for these bad boys. Like, I got to get some return on of investment. So after my sophomore year, I called up my uncle, Corey, uh, who was the founder of a, of a brand, of a franchise. Um, I said, Corey, can I come work for you for a summer? Just do an internship. I need to expose myself to business, franchising, just anything. Um, he's like, sure, come on down. And so I really started in the stores, and, and Sam can kind of attest to this. Started in the stores, was in and out at the headquarters. You know, at that time too, this would have been what, 2010-ish, 2011, you know, Complete Nutrition was one of the fastest growing franchises in the country. So I was, I was pretty excited about that. And so I did my internship and we had these owners coming in from all over getting trained and had this owner from Idaho that says kind of as his week was concluding with training, he goes, hey, do you want to come run my store in Boise and Idaho Falls and kind of be a general manager? I was like, heck yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I love relationship building. So I called my dad, I'll never forget. And I'm thinking he's going to give me a big fat no, right? Like, no, go to school, get your degree, follow the process, come back, run the bank. Um, he said, yeah, if you're going to go travel and maybe make some mistakes, do it while you're young, completely caught off guard. So moved out to uh, Boise and, um, uh, we ran both locations. Both were, were great locations um, and then saved up enough money in 2013. Um, I'd have been 22 at the time. My wife, my fiance at the time was 20. We saved up enough money to buy our own location in Twin Falls. Um, so literally you hauled it, had like no money in our bank account. We worked the store open to close, a lot of hard knocks. I was kind of the marketing like sales guy and Abby was the back end like operations, keeping me in line. Um, and so we did that for about a year. We hired a couple employees and then second, second, third year, I was able to step out and do more kind of guerrilla marketing, getting out in the public, showing my face. Um, people really didn't know my name. They said, oh, that's just a complete nutrition guy. He owns the complete nutrition store, right? Sam gets, you know, so um, did that. And then we really, um, you know, retail was interesting in 2015, 2016, there was really a shift. And so um, store was successful, but we wanted to get back to the Midwest, our roots and, uh, Really, from there, we were debating, do we sell it? Do we you know, get rid of it? Um, do we keep it? I knew that wasn't going to work being 16 hours away. So we sold it. And then really since then, I've been in development and uh, did some franchise development for another brand before I eventually moved with Wallaby and Koala. So um, it's been a really fun journey. I've learned a lot. I've met some exceptional people, exciting people. And you know, Corey, one of the things he always told me was just surround yourself with successful people and you'll be successful. So that's what I've done. I think I missed a few parts. I didn't realize that your family owns a bank. I, 
my family owns Bank of North Dakota. So that was a very, I don't know how I've known you for this long and missed that piece of the the puzzle yeah. there. But both of us grew up in complete nutrition and there are so many people from that franchise that are so prevalent across franchising right now. And I think it's because we learn so much about business ownership and franchising and really the changing landscape of an economy while from the beginning of that franchise until, you know, a lot of people sold and then the eventual move to a lot of those stores being online and et cetera. But what made you decide to really go all in from being a GM to then taking on your own location? And I also don't think I realized you were 22 years old when you did that. So wowza. Yeah, honestly, I, you know, you kind of fall in love with the brand and and Sam, you probably understand that a little bit being with complete and, you know, I knew how to run a store. I knew there was an infrastructure in place. Um, I knew what I was really good at, but I also knew where the franchise could help me with operations and back end things and stuff that I just wasn't really all that good at, but I was good at sales. I could talk to people, training people. And so it was kind of one of those things where as soon as I moved out to Boise, my goal was to open a store. And so I, I had an end game in mind of what I wanted. Um, Cause once you actually start getting in the field and understanding the types of lendings that are out there, um, the support system, the infrastructure, you know, you can really do it. And, and really the time is never right. I mean, being 22 years old and my wife's, you know, it was a horrible time to buy a business, but we did it and we, we learned a lot and we ended up being pretty successful. It's incredible that you had that level of guts at 22 years old, 20 and 22 years old. I mean, it takes serious guts to be a business owner. We talk a lot with our clients just about fear. Fear is going to happen. It's natural. We all have it. We're in this industry. We have fear. But to have that guts, kudos to you. You said that you learned a lot. So tell us, what are some of the biggest lessons you learned being a franchisee? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest lessons I learned is hiring the right people. Um, I was all about finding talent. I was very particular because I'm a sales guy. And sometimes you feel like you're the best salesman um, because you come from that. But I really did a lot of due diligence with my people because I could have the best product, best brand, the best marketing. But if I didn't have the right people running my shop, it would have went downhill. So Um, I was very proud that the people that I hired were with me for the full three years. Nobody left. Everybody stayed. We had a great culture um, and understood what we were after. You know, we had weekly meetings. We had touch points. um, And I had relationships with my, um, you know, with my employees about, you know, just that they can come and talk to me about anything. Right. Like this isn't just business. Like, let's do this together if you need something or if something's going on, just, just present it to me and let's, let's figure out a solution. You know, I think that was really part of the complete nutrition culture that that was really something you saw across all of those stores. And the leadership team at the top was very much like that with business ownerships. And I, I do think business owners, and I do think that that led to so much success for the franchisees. Now you went from being a business owner to then deciding we've got to get closer to home. Let's get back to Nebraska. Working for somebody else after being 22 and not having a boss telling you what to do. How was that transition back into the employee lifestyle? 
Yeah, so that was one of the pros versus cons waiting on do we come back to the Midwest? And uh, so when I was able to come back, kind of settle down and, you know, get into the development side, one of the brands I was with, um, yes, I worked for them, but they really said, Caleb, you know, development, you know, franchising really well, help us create a process, you know, help us understand how we vet people. Um, and obviously I, I knew great people from, you know, FSOs, Fastlane, Ryan's Inc. Like I knew all you guys. So I was able to take a lot of what you guys had and help create it for another brand and really take it to the next level. So I, I kind of felt like I was a, a business owner in a way with the company I was with because I ran the development. I did everything. I had a lot of control. Um, they trusted with, hey, Caleb, if you think we need to do X, go ahead and do it. Um, so I got pretty lucky, quite honestly, um, because usually that's not the case. Um, and so, yeah, I felt I felt really good about it. And then, you know, it's been, you know, in franchising, I think, you know, business owners are everywhere and entrepreneurs are everywhere in this industry. So you kind of learn and adapt to the people that you're working with or for, and they know exactly like, hey, they are hiring talent. They expect me to do a job. I'm going to do that and capitalize on it. I think it's great that they gave you a level of autonomy that a lot of employers don't give, and it certainly paid off for them. I mean, you saw incredible growth. You brought some really talented franchisees for them. And the re reality is in our industry that if you're good at what you do and you have a great brand, then you sell out. Uh, you basically sell yourself out of a job. So you kind of did that with this company. And from there, you moved to work with Scott Marr. We've had Scott on podcasts previously. He's the founder of Koala Insulation and Wallaby Windows. Why this team? Because when you've built a track record that you have, you can really write your ticket anywhere. So why join Scott's team? Yeah, you know, I was I was debating a couple different routes. You know, you know, franchise advising was a route that I was really considering um, or consulting at the time. And um, you know, Garage Force was great to me. They were such a great brand, good people. I've they're still going to be adding some units, but yeah, you're right. You know, you sell out of territory or the or the hot markets. Ninety percent of them are sold, and you just have these kind of pockets um, sometimes. And so, um, but but really, Scott had reached out to me probably. Oh, you know, a while back, you know, as he was telling me about this brand through LinkedIn and through friends of friends, right? Like you surround yourself with people, everybody talks, things get around. Um, and Scott was like, Hey, I think I've got something for you. I think you really enjoy this role. Um, and me, right. I'm always looking, like you guys mentioned, you're looking for that next kind of step, um, or phase in your career. Um, and this just, just, just felt right. Um, from the beginning, my conversation with Scott, his team, um, you know, I went and even visited, you know, I did like my own discovery day. Like I went down to like, look at the leadership team, talk to them, understand what's going well, what are things that they're working on? Um, and man, it was that, that's when I knew I was like, yep, I'm going to, I'm going to take this next step with Scott and his team because he has everything just buttoned up down there. I mean, just, it's incredible. And that's what I tell people, right. When I, as a sales guy, sales background, I like to sell the best. That's always what I've always felt. Um, I, I don't want to sell crap. Um, so when I find something that I really like, um, I'm going to move on it. And so that's what I end up doing. Scott really understands quality 
And he's very particular about the people he brings in, about the products he has, about the systems that he sets up. I mean, that is something that's very, very consistent with Scott is his consistency. And so on our side, I know Brittany and I feel very comfortable sending our clients to those brands. We know that they're going to be taken care of by the franchisor. So your role is a little bit abstract in franchising. It's not something that every company has that every franchisor is investing in. So tell us a little bit more, what is your role with Wallaby and Koala? Yeah, great question. So you know, before I was, I was the director of development. So I did a lot of hands-on stuff with candidates, which I absolutely loved. It was so awesome to see people start from a, from the beginning, get through the process and eventually become a franchisee. There's a lot of pride in that. And especially when you match somebody that's really, you know, perfect for the brand, um, that's super appealing. Um, so this, this role is a little bit different. It's more on the consultant outreach side of things. So, um, I mean, as you, I know you guys really well, um, you guys know our brands really, really well. Um, but there's, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of consultants around the country that just need to be educated about a brand because we want to make sure that they're articulating it correctly, not from a standpoint of finding us good candidates, but also to make sure that, you know, again, that we have a really good, um, how should I say, like perception um, from consultants, right? Like we may not get a referral from that consultant for a, for potential candidate to go through the process, but they go, you know what, you know, while being qual, they've got their thing that, you know, they have everything that they need. So a lot of what I do is marketing. I work with a lot of the internal team at Wallaby and Koala to come out with different assets. Um, we're looking at different wins all the time. I'm communicating that to the consultants. Um, and so basically just a lot of outreach on the phone, but from a, from a logistical standpoint, it's different because I'm reaching out to the consultants to really get our name out there. Where from a director standpoint, typically you're you're receiving the the registrations from the consultants. So um, I do miss that part of the business because I love just dealing with people and answering questions. And each candidate's a little bit different on what they want, but this role just made a lot of sense. It's a tough role to be in. I mean, when you're in development and you're, you know, reaching out to to brokers, to consultants to try to get leads, I mean, that's going to be a big piece to support, you know, Ben and Bobby and the whole team and their development efforts. But I also think it's really important to make sure that consultants are well educated and they're putting out accurate factual information to their clients. We want to make sure that clients are well-educated and get the right information to make an informed decision. So I love this new role that they've created. So tell me, you started in Franchising Young, you stuck with it. What is your personal compelling reason for being in franchising? Yeah, well, I would say it's the people that I've met, honestly, whether it's through an FSO, franchise sales organization, um, consultants that I've met, um, or brands that I've worked with or have worked for. Um, everyone that I've met through the process are are, are like-minded individuals. They, they are people that are outgoing, their relationship, they want to do right by the candidate. Um, and I've always just had an interest in that. And, and entrepreneurship has always kind of been in my blood, like I mentioned family has a bank, um, you know, and then like my aunt has a hair shop that she runs. My uncle had a con has a concrete business. I come from farmers, like everyone's kind of done their own thing. And then, you know, really Corey, my uncle, um, I look up to him quite a bit. I, I, I talk to him quite often and 
he's, he's the one that kind of got me in the franchising space. And it's, it's one of those things that like, I feel so good about it that I never have to feel like I have to get out of it. Like this is such a cool industry and uh, I'm really blessed that I got into it at a young age because it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a blast. And I think we're all very lucky on this call that we were able to get into franchising in our twenties. That's very rare. Yep. You know, I think if people are listening to this, probably the right time is now because it is a blast. The people are fantastic. The support is, is great, but you've been surrounded with some really talented people. A lot of them I know, some of them I, I probably don't. I'm imagining you've gotten a ton of great advice throughout your life. Could you give me the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, yeah. Great question. I was actually just kind of thinking about this when we were talking earlier. Um, you know, it, it's a couple of things. I, I think one of the little th- uh, little piece of advice that I've always gotten that has really helped me is just being uh, communicative, like being able to communicate with people, updating people, keeping them in the loop. Gosh, that goes such a long way. Um, just telling people kind of where people are at in the process. You know, if there is a, if there is a kind of hang up, why is there a hang up? So many people just don't want to pick up the phone either. So I love talking to people, communicating with people. That's always been good. The biggest one though, that I will probably say is I have lived by really since gosh, you know, 18, 19 years old is never burn bridges. Um, you know, when you go from one to the next place, um, do it the right way and have, have a candid conversation. Um, never bash your previous employer or previous of why you're leaving. Just, just be a good person. And, uh, so I will never burn a bridge. Um, that's, that's what I've always kind of lived by. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the best piece of advice. Um, cause I, you never know when that person, or whoever you're talking to or getting vetted through that may call your previous employer, you know, whether it's those brands and go, Oh, Caleb was terrible. You know, he left on really bad terms. Just, it's not how I do business. Uh, I just want to do it the right way. I love that. I think that's probably why you've excelled so much in your career. And we are in a very small circle. We all kind of joke in development that you go to the next conference and somebody's logo on their shirts changed. Um, Because again, if you're good, you sell out of your brand. And I think that's great that you really focus on people and relationships and leave in a good spot. Totally. We're going to put you on the spot here. We're going to do something new that we've never done on a podcast, and we want to do a word association. So you tell me what comes to mind when I say the following words, okay? Okay. All right. So entrepreneurship. Control. Freedom. Flexibility. Franchising. Vision. Money. My kids. Values. Who you are as a person. There we have it, folks. Our first word association game. (laughs) Yes, yes. Nothing like putting a great business owner, salesperson on the spot. So, well, thank you for playing with us. Uh, Most importantly, thank you so much for being here today. Your story is so important and I know resonates with our listeners. So thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. And uh, it was a blast. And 
whoever is listening, um, franchising is the way to go if you've ever thought about it. And uh, just just don't be afraid to take the leap and have the conversation. We love it. We appreciate your time. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, guys. So if you'd like to learn more about franchising and diversifying your portfolio through franchising, email us at info at franpathconsulting.com. Follow the FranPath Consulting Podcast on Apple or Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at FranPath, Facebook and LinkedIn at FranPath Consulting, or go to our website, franpathconsulting.com, to take your free business assessment. Mm-hmm.